Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, everyone. It's so lovely to have your company this week. Before I introduce today's special guest, I want to quickly take a moment to thank the listeners who've reviewed the show. I so enjoy reading your feedback and would like to encourage you all to subscribe to The Ghost Files and leave us a review as that helps more listeners discover the show. Thank you. And I woke up to someone laughing in my bedroom and it lasted for a good four or five seconds, this yeah. deep, hearty laugh. I'd never, I'd never experienced anything. I've like I've had things physically move, touched around me, but I've never had anything actually grab me like that before. You're listening to The Ghost Files, the podcast where everyday people share their extraordinary stories about their experiences with the spirit world. My name is Karina Machado. I'm a journalist who spent more than a decade sharing stories about the spirit world through my books, Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell and Love Never Dies, as well as my podcasts, Spirit Sisters and now this show, The Ghost Files. Today, my guest is Chris, who lives in Queensland, where he works in the security industry. I was alerted to Chris's story by someone who will be familiar to Ghost Files listeners, his mum, Faye, whose story featured on episode seven. Chris has the family gift, Faye told me, and I wasn't surprised, as it tends to be passed down. Faye, as listeners might recall, told the extraordinary story of the Grinning Ghost, an apparition of a teenage boy with curly hair who appeared to her, her mother, and her son inside their home. That son is Chris, and we're going to meet him, and he'll share how that smiling spirit was by no means the first ghost that he'd seen. In fact, he was only five when he first remembers seeing something strange. Hi, Chris. Welcome to The Ghost Files. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Well, I'm 34. I live in central Queensland. I have a wife and 70 month old. Okay. I uh, grew up in the Black Hole Range, so love nature and bushwalking and hiking and that sort of thing. Chris, you've got, as you said, you've got a toddler at home and I know you've got a really demanding work schedule. You work shift work, yep. right? Yes, I do. Yeah. So that's enough as it is. But then apart from that, there's this other aspect of your life, your connection with the spirit world that has yep. always been a steady presence in your life. Uh, yeah, it has been a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, having strange things happen to me throughout my life growing up, uh, for as long as I can remember, really. Really. Tell yep. us about the first thing that you can remember seeing or experiencing, and I think you were around five. Yeah, I was about five. I think the, um, the first thing I can recall, um, I used to live in Brisbane. I was about five years old, and I was sitting in a small rumpus room by myself, sitting on a chair watching the television, and above the TV there was a, a little window and um, I remember something catching my eye, and I looked up there, and there was a, a man staring back at me through the window. And um, 
where we had long dark hair and it looked like he was wet, like he'd been in the rain, you know, pale skin um, and dark lips. Mm. And um, <laughs> it was it was a little bit scary. And I remember we were just staring at each other and it, it felt like it was forever. And um, it, finally this loud scream came out of me and um, my brothers and my mother came running in the room asking what was wrong. And I said, there was a man outside the window and he was watching me. So uh, my brothers, they're a bit older than me. They ran outside to look for this guy. And my mum sat with me and talked to me and asked what had happened and stuff. Um, so that was my first memory mm. um, of seeing something. It's so quite, obviously, I, yeah. looking back now, it, it wasn't actually a man. It was something else that I'd seen. And when did uh, that realisation dawn on you, that he wasn't a living um, person? Well, many, many years later. Yeah, when, yeah recalling back to it, I guess. Yeah, it's quite a vivid memory to have, you know, I uh, if I think back to things that happened when I was five, I really can't sort of summon anything in so much detail. So that's really interesting and obviously it was significant that it stayed with you in well, that kind of detail. It, um, yeah, sort of like, you know, when something, when you get in trouble, you're getting disciplined or something, I guess, <laughs> something being etched into you or you're terrified, I guess. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a memory you absorb. Um it's something that you can remember for a long time, I guess. And who do you um, think I, he I was, looking back now? Um, I'm not sure who I think it was. I, I don't. When I think now, I don't feel. I don't remember feeling as if um, he was there to scare me. It was more he was just watching me or something, or um, he just wanted to know or see if I could see him, or to know he was there or something. Um, yeah. He wasn't, yeah. I'm not sure. And he was all so, wet. Did you live near a body it, it, of water or? Not that I can recall, no. Mm. It felt like he'd been standing in the rain or something. Oh, I remember. okay. Yeah. So it was a, a little bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely a little bit creepy. And so yeah. you told your mum straight away about it. And I know that um, your mum actually believes that even though that's the first experience you recall, that you'd been having experiences sooner than that. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember anything prior to that, but uh, my mom said that uh, when I was a baby, they lived in a house that um, when she used to bathe me, um, I used to look over as if there was someone behind her. Mm. And my mom said she used to feel someone stroking her hair. Wow. As she was um, watching me. And um, she was curious and asked the neighbour one day, and he said that there used to be an old couple that lived in that house and there used to be an, an older lady that loved children and used to sit and stroke their hair and stuff. So really? Mum got really, yeah, thought what a coincidence that was. And um, apparently, um, yeah, I started getting upset in the bath after a while um, and didn't want to be in there anymore. And she found out that the the older man had passed away and after that happened she went a little bit nutty apparently oh, oh. and had to go be put in a home. Yeah, so that was one of the experiences mum was telling me about Okay. Um, yeah, prior to that. And so this moment when you were five and saw that man looking through the window, did that experience sort of open the floodgates to more sort of a rush of different, you know, spooky sightings or – or was there a bit of a pause until the next one? What do you remember that happened after that? Um, well, the next thing that happened after that was at that same house. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's just always been a, a sort of steady flow of things. Okay. Um, over time, so it's just sort of one thing after a time, and I guess over time, you kind of get used to it, and you you don't really acknowledge it as much. Um, okay. I guess being as a child as well, not really knowing if that was a a thing I was seeing or not. Yes. Um, yeah. Being so, that young. So what was the next thing that happened? Um, the, the next thing I, I saw, I was, uh, it was a two-story house and I was outside one day and just outside they had, I think they're called walking iris plants, like long, long leaf ferns. Okay. And um, I was playing in the garden and um, my mum was sitting above me on the balcony and I caught something in the garden and I pushed the leaves back and there were some toys there and there was a, a, a little little man and a little toy truck with them and I thought my mum had put them there as like a surprise gift for, for myself and I turned to my mum on the balcony and went mum mum look there's there's some toys down here and she's got a I remember her getting up the chair and looking over the balcony and I can't remember if she was asking me what, what it was or something and I've looked back I remember looking back down there and there was nothing there I was really oh. confused and I looked all around the garden on my hands and knees, crawling around through everything, and there was nothing there at all. It just vanished. Um, so that was the next thing that happened in that house that and, I remember. And when you say little man, do you mean a real little was, man or just a toy, no, was, like a Lego? It was like, it was like a toy. Like right. this, um, He was about six inches, or not even six inches, not, yeah, maybe five, five inches tall or something. Um, it was just like, you know, like you're – G.I. Joe's or something. Oh, yeah, right, like an action figure or something. Yeah, it was like an action figure with a little toy truck it came with or something. Oh. And it just disappeared. (laughs) So so someone left you a little gift for a moment there? And then then took it away, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And um, I know that you, as a child as well, you were really – quite used to seeing people's auras. What did you used to see and do you still see them? Yeah, so um, growing up, I used to be able to see um, colours around people. Um, So I could see my mum was the colour yellow, my gran was green, my auntie was green. And I used to see these colours around people. Um, So I could sit and focus on someone and eventually I'd be able to pick their colour sort of thing. Right. Um, I, I can't do that now because obviously I don't practice it or anything. I don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told you lose it if you don't use it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I can still see the outline, um, the outline of it around people. It just looks like a clear gas now. Oh, that's really interesting, um, sort of around their bodies or around yeah, their heads. So it's, it's only about, I don't know, half an inch around their body. But I used to close my eyes and then I could I could see the person in my mind and see the whole colour. Um, so it would come through to me. I could see it in my mind. But I could also see it if I just looked at them also. But it, it took a bit longer to do it that way. And did you understand what the colours signified? Uh, not initially. It was just more of a game to me to play at first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously I, I guess I'd feel the colour, so... You'd feel it. Um, so, for instance, but, what did yellow mean when you looked at your mum? Uh, well, you know, like happiness, joy, energetic. Yeah. Uh, green felt a bit more relaxed and 
like spiritual and such to me at the time. Yeah. I don't know what the colours actually meant. Um, I guess like I believe mine was blue. Okay. So that was like an electric blue. And did you my... you could see that if you looked in the mirror? I used to, no. I used to look at my hands. Ah. So I could see it on my hands. Uh, so it was more of a, a blue colour coming off mine. Okay. So again, I felt spiritual or um, maybe like a healing sort of mm. colour. Mm. Yeah. Actually, I just spoke to somebody the other day who's going to come on my podcast and she was telling me she had a vision of being healed and it was the, the light that was healing her was blue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, I know that something significant happened to you just recently, like within the last fortnight, and we'll certainly get to that. But before yeah. we do, could you please share with us some of the most memorable experiences you've had in your life? Um, so I, I have a lot of vivid dreams that, that seem to come true or have some sort of meaning. And one of the major dreams I remember was about my grandmother and, um, it was at that house where the, the boy is that my mother was telling you uh-huh. about, actually. Um, so I, I dreamt when I was outside with my mum and we were cleaning up the yard because, you know, there was like 40-plus macadamia nut trees and banana trees and breaking all the leaves and branches up and making a big pile yeah. in the middle of the backyard. And I happened to turn around and saw my grandmother walking on the top of this mound, which was about you know, a metre and a half high or something. And she wasn't very well at the time. So I've yelled out, like, Grand, stop. Like, don't, you'll, you'll fall and hurt yourself. And sure enough, she's tripped and she's fallen off the end. And I've run over to her and I've knelt next to her and I was holding her head. And this, um, well, she looked all dazed and confused and out of it. And this, I remember this stream of water coming from the house. It was about a foot wide or so. It came from the house and went underneath her head. And um, I woke up and thought this, that was really a bizarre dream to have. Mm-hmm. I've been cleaning the yard with my mum and whatnot, my grand falling off it and stuff. And then um, it was yeah. about two two weeks later, uh, my mum said, oh, do you want to come out in the yard and help me for a minute? So I've walked out and we started pulling bloody branches into this spot. And then I had a flashback. And I'm like, hang on, I, I dreamt about this. And I went to mum, where's grand? She's like, oh, I think she's inside somewhere. So I've, I've bolted inside through the back door and I could hear the taps running in the bathroom. So I'm, I'm banging on the door. I'm like, Grand, Grand, you okay? And I, I didn't get a response. So I've had to pull the door open and she was lying on the floor, like unconscious out of it. Oh, my goodness. And she obviously had a, a dizzy tone and she turned the taps on to wash her hands and she's collapsed backwards and the water, the sink had filled up and the water was coming over the edge and down onto the floor where she was lying. So I've run in and, and grabbed her and wow. held her the way I did in my, my dream I had. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so that was, and in that your was, dream you'd seen the stream of water as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Wow. Um, it was just bizarre. What about um, you mentioned a ghost story? <laughs> so my mum and I was living with um, – Oh, I was only about six or seven, I guess, at the time. I was living with the, my mum and my gran, and my gran usually came out with us to the shops and such, and this day she decided not to go. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got to sit in the passenger seat, and we'd, 
we're driving around the shops and we were going around a roundabout and I, I happened to look back and um, I just caught in the back seat in the middle. I thought I saw my grand sitting there. I didn't see the face. I saw someone sitting there. Um, so I turned back to mum quickly and went, oh, I thought grand stayed at home. And my mum has gone back and said, oh, she, she is at home. What are, you, what are you talking about? Mm. I was like, no, no, she, she's sitting in the back seat. Uh, we've looked, I've, I've looked back and she wasn't there. And I thought they were playing a trick on me. So I was, I had to get up and was trying to look behind the seat on the, to find where she was and stuff, but she wow. wasn't there. So it wasn't her. <laughs> so who do you yeah. think it was? Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it, she was dressed the same very similar to what my grandmother would wear. I mean, she had like the skin tight sort of stockings on and like the little, oh, I can't remember what it's made of, a certain dress and shoes that my grand would wear. Wow. I reckon it could have been like my great grandmother because it, it, it felt sort of like a relative of some sort, I ah. guess. So you have a sense, like you don't just have the vision when you have these experiences, you also have sort of a, I, a telepathic understanding of what's happening too. Yeah, I usually can feel yeah. feel something. And do the experiences you have ever scare you? Yes. Be alive, I said no. Um, I guess over time I've gotten used to seeing or feeling things and I know that's the call call upon protection yeah. on myself, which helps calm me to deal with the situation at the time. Okay. Building more now. So, Chris, do you have yeah. a, a spiritual belief system or something that you, as you said, you call upon to help you deal with these things and understand them? Yeah, um, I, I believe there's a, a, a higher power than ourselves um, and everyone has like guardian angels or guardian spirits they can call upon to protect yourselves, mm-hmm. um, ask for help and guidance. Yes. You know, I believe we're all connected in some way to this higher power and to each other, I guess. So we're all connected in some way. Yes. So that's that's what I, I feel. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you yeah. on that too. And oh, um, Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I wondered sort of how open you are about sharing, you know, with your friends and family. For instance, what does your wife think about everything that you experience? Um, yeah, my my wife, um, I guess I talk to her about the things that are happening or if I see things or feel things. Um, she's open to it because she's a little bit sensitive herself, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um picks up on things and stuff. So she's, I think she's had a couple of her own experiences. So she's kind of believes me when I, I say something's happening. Okay. So it's, yeah, so. and that support is important. And from what you've been describing, yeah. it, there's, I get the sense that you've always had a supportive listener in your mum, Faye. And yeah. um, of course, Faye back in episode seven shared the story of the teenage ghost, the boy with the, yeah. the grin. And you yourself were in that story. And you yeah, saw him too. And she, t- Faye told me that after you heard the episode, you gave her a call and said, Mum, you forgot a couple of things, <laughs> like yeah. like that you had seen him when you were watching TV. Tell us about that. Um, so I haven't ex- seen or experienced something do this before. Um, so I was watching the television and there was a couch to my right and it's, it was along the wall, and um, I caught 
this boy sitting on the couch, but um, he'd made himself like comfortable and he he put his he lifted his feet up on the couch and sort of was sitting with us, like joining in to watch the television. Wow. I, this just sounds nutty, I know, um, but I've I've never seen anything do that before and it was it was like he was it felt like he was aware of himself or something or what was going on or and kind of just joining in as a part of the family I guess you could say sort of thing wow um, that's yeah that's, it was <laughs> there's something quite heartwarming about it but tell us about yeah. what he looked like I remember Faye saying to her he looked like uh, a solid person what did he look like to you I mean just um what I saw was, oh, you mean like physically and physical? Like yeah. I could, yeah, I could see him as a physical person. Really? Um, and yeah, just like your normal teenage boy, you had dark hair, sort of just a, as if you, you were looking at a person sitting on the couch, sort of thing. And how long um, was he there for in that vision? And that one, I saw him. I'd say at least, or four, you know, I only see them briefly, for, probably for a few seconds at least okay. um, before they disperse, I guess. Um, generally, at that moment in time, I I know I could watch them at the side of my eye, but if I turn to look at them straight on, they seem to disperse or disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was able to watch them at the side of my eye for that brief moment of time before he disappeared. And that makes sense. Yes, yes, it, it, it absolutely <laughs> makes sense. And you'd seen him in – had you seen him in your room as well, just kneeling? I guess yeah. I think that was the story, yeah. Yes, I, yes, he was He was in my room also. Um, there was another period after that, I believe, he was in my room, but he wasn't by himself. There was someone else there with him. Oh. Another, I believe there was another child there. Um, I woke up one evening. Oh, actually, he was leaning over me. Oh. Um, <laughs> he was leaning over me and he was blowing on my face. Oh, my goodness. Um, I've <laughs> I felt, yeah, blowing on my face and I could f- feel the, the covers on my bed being pressed on or moving. Um, and then I sat up and as I sat up, uh, I saw toys in my bedroom that weren't mine. There was a, there was a little old wooden rocking horse and some building blocks and things like that scattered over my floor, um, which were not mine and weren't there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, and I believe there was I, – I didn't see or feel who I, – I, I just sensed there was someone else there with him, like some other child coming to visit or something. Just interesting did, about the toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that, I guess maybe that's the second time I've seen someone – present yeah. toys and make them disappear, I guess. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. other thing I thought as you were describing yeah. that. You saw toys yeah. again. Let's discuss what happened recently in your home. Tell us tell us a story about what you experienced. Um, sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where it is to be, begin with this one. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of start from the beginning, do it briefly and come yeah. up to the present. So, Thank you. Uh, a few years ago, I, I've started having sleep paralysis um so i woke up in the middle of the night not being able to move speak feeling someone was in the room okay and um I, my wife was sleeping next to me and i wasn't able to you know i was trying to yell out or anything and nothing was happening mm-hmm. so that was the first time i ever experienced it um and then over time 
I've I've slowly started getting more. Well, the next time it was like arcs arcs of electricity going through my head. I woke up as if, um, you know, like the mad scientist movies where you hear the the buzzing of the electric electricity running up the copper rods, right? Yeah. running through my head, and I could feel it um, going through me. And um, there was no pain or anything. I could, I could hear it, and it was making me. Oh, I can't. I can't explain the sensation, mm. but I could feel it running through my head. And then um, it's that that stopped, and it changed more to like a white static noise. And um, it was like someone trying to tune a radio. And every time it kind of clipped back to the white noise, it would kind of jolt me in my head. And it was like someone turning a switch on and off inside me. And um, so that's kind of like the build up to now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I've, I've had strange things going on with that. And um, we've just moved into this house we're in a little while ago. And so we sold everything to move up here. So we've been buying secondhand furniture. And um, I bought some cupboards for the bedroom. And ever since I bought those a couple of weeks ago, I've I was started having really weird sensations in the bedroom. The first night I woke up to the same sort of thing. Now with that with the sleep sleep paralysis, I don't I'm, I can actually move and talk now. Um, I'm not stuck there in the bed. Okay. I can get up and look around and stuff. Um, and I woke up to someone laughing in my bedroom, um, and it lasted for a good four or five seconds. This yeah. deep hearty laugh. Right. Um, and I opened my eyes and I couldn't see anyone in the room, but I could feel as if someone was leaning over the top of me, looking down at me. And um, as I opened my eyes um, and was look, scanning the room, uh, I got some, we got the blinds, the steel blinds. Oh, they yep. were partly open and um, there was a light shining through the blinds and it was as if there was a fire outside my window, um, which isn't possible. If if you saw where I live, there's no possible possibility of any lights or anything shining in this window. So it was like mass flames outside the bedroom window shining into the room, and I could see the the glow of all the flames shining on the the wall. Um, Obviously, I prayed for protection and for it to leave my room and did the Lord's Prayer and such, and... Um, eventually calmed myself and I went away and went back to sleep. Okay. Um, and Chris, can so I just clarify? You said earlier you don't think this was a case of sleep paralysis because you were able to no. move. Yeah, yeah, I can move. Yeah, I can talk. Yeah. Um, I said this is just. I, I just was wasn't sure if it's tied into all this over time. Yeah. Uh, but this at first I thought this might have been some part of it, but now I I believe it was something to do with one of the items we'd purchased in the house. Mm. Was something some sort of energy was clung to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the second night, um, I was just going to sleep and I was just about to fall asleep. And I woke up to as if um, someone coming down above me, and I could sense someone there. And then I felt the the, the sheets. So my partner was sleeping with my seventeenth month year, seventeen month old. Yeah, um, in his room because oh, okay. he. Yeah, so I was by myself in the bedroom. Okay. And I felt as if someone come down and pressed on the bed next to me and I could feel someone touching or lying on my arm on my right side. And same thing, 
Uh, protections. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I just went nothing to do with it. I wasn't yeah. in the mood. So protections, yeah. yada yada. And then the third night, um, that was when I had a, some bizarre dream, and it was actually about my mother. I was in the kitchen. I was talking to mum, and I caught like a, a second version of my mother in the living room, and it, it, she had like grey skin and kind of was trying to talk but couldn't. It was sort of gasping for air, sort of thing. But it wasn't my mum. It was. It felt like a sort of a waste or something, or excess part of her that's no longer with her. Okay. And this is when I called my mother up a week later and was telling her about all this. She was saying she actually started some new Indian meditation that helps release negative energy oh, of sorts. Wow. And I'm like, oh, thanks for leaving it in my my house because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it. I had, well, I had that dream and then I woke up and I could hear whispering in my right ear but it was wispy and I couldn't quite catch what they were saying. And then I realized my left arm was up in the air and I was, someone had me by the wrists oh. and was trying to pull me out of the bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I panicked and yanked my arm back as hard as I could. And yeah, just, just full on protection, prayers, everything, get out, just yell, get out of my room, whatever you are, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get out sort of thing. Oh, that's so um, frightening. I, 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 I've, I've never experienced anything. I've like, I've had things physically move the touch around me, but I've never had anything actually grab me like that before. Um, so that's when I went in panic mode and um, was that, when you're talking about have I ever been scared, yeah, I had terror in me because I've never had that before. Wow. Um, so I went out and I, I did a smudging of the house. Um, yeah. So I was going around the house doing my thing. Um, any negative energy entities in this house, please remove yourselves. Don't wish you to be here. You know, name of Lord Jesus Christ. And going all the way around the house and got to my room. I was going through my room and I didn't feel – feel whatever it was that was in there was in the room at the time and uh, so I walked around the house and I could sense something on the other side of the wall in the living room um, so the, the wall of the living room in my bedroom are the one wall so okay. it was like on the other side somehow and there's a window there and I'd had all the windows open to let whatever negative energy out and I stood there <laughs> this window had been open for 40 minutes or something mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like I was looking directly at it, and I, I said, I command you. And as I said, I command you, this window came flying down and smashed shut, and I jumped about two foot in the air. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't gosh. expecting it. And uh, I went over, and I pulled the window back over, and I said, I command you. And I'm not joking. This window slammed shut again. Oh, my God. Um, so I had to physically hold the window open. And try tell this thing to get out of the bloody house, and um, yeah, eventually, sure enough, I, I, it felt as if it left because I felt a, a lightness around me. Yeah. Um, but I still could feel like a funk or a residue of some something still here. So I need to go around and do it again. I think to clear the excess, whatever it is, out of here. Right. <laughs> but I, I do feel like it has gone because I've, I've had you know, four or five sleeps, whatever, in a row, and everything's been okay so far. Oh, good. What so, a relief. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you sound uh, like a very courageous person, like you really stood up to whatever that was. 
Well, I had to. It was it was not just for me. It's for my son. Yeah. I guess I don't want anything like that in this house. Oh my goodness. Um, with him here, so. And as you say, like <sighs> after a lifetime of things, this is the first time you've been truly terrified. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> or it it wasn't. It was like something was putting terror in me. Right. It wasn't like my own terror. It was a, a weird, and it was mainly in that room as well. So, are you getting rid of um, that furniture that you think might be the culprit? Um, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> it's probably might, a good idea. Might need a trip to IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, anyway. Oh um, wow, Chris. Well, that is absolutely amazing. Um, and so, as you say, now you've got a little boy of your own. How do you reflect on on everything that you've experienced throughout your life? Um, well, it certainly um, opened my mind, I guess you could say, to uh, a lot of things. And um, if my son ever comes up to me saying he's he's seen something or felt something, or I guess I'll do it. My, my mother and my grandmother did talk to him, let them slowly figure it out themselves, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, let him, I guess I'll slowly let them know there's probably more out there than meets the eye. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Oh, and so, how to, how to, yeah, go on. I was just going to how to protect himself against all that, those sort of things. Yes, and I think there's the, lots the, of good advice there in everything that you've said for anyone yeah. who's listening who's <laughs> dealing with something that they don't understand in their room or in their house, yeah. <laughs> wow, Chris. So we've come yeah. to the end of the episode and I'd like to just finish up with the question that I put to all of my Ghost Files guests. Uh, yeah. What can an encounter with the dead teach us about living? Um, well, I guess there's, there's more than, uh, more than meets the eyes. There's, uh, more than what out there than what you can physically see. And, um, I guess every, I believe everything's made up of a sort of energy. And if you transmit negative energy, you'll attract negative energy and negative people and things will happen to you and you'll attract negative sort of entities or things out there, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, and I guess it's sort of like if you don't keep your immune system up, you, you get sick and it's the same sort of thing. I believe you'll attract things that you don't want to attract. And um, I'll admit that with what ha- happened here, I moving up here and I was tired working night shift. My defences were very low. I was very tired and irritable and I think – that's why whatever that was was attracted to me and was trying to cling to me because okay. I was in a, a state it could try that, I guess. Yeah, it could relate uh, to that, yeah. Yeah, so uh. try always be positive. Don't hold on to grudges. Um, just go somewhere that makes you feel good and be positive all the time is the best advice I can give you. So oh, that's, to pr- protect you from the nasties. To protect you from the nasties. Well, that is absolutely <laughs> wonderful advice, Chris, and it's been such a delight to speak with you. I'm really grateful, and I think the listeners will so enjoy it as well. So thank you very, very much for your time today. No You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for opening up The Ghost Files with us. I'm Karina Machado, and we'll be back next week with more true life tales of spooky encounters. So please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps others just like you to find the podcast. In the meantime, you can check out my other podcast about mysteries and marvels, Spirit Sisters, based on my best-selling book. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time for more Goosebumps. Goosebumps.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.